I'm Samantha Sherris. And I'm Virginia Allen. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Wednesday, June 7th. Here are today's headlines. Our colleague Tyler O'Neill is reporting that the Southern Poverty Law Center, which brands mainstream conservative and Christian organizations as hate groups, placing them on a map with chapters of the Ku Klux Klan, added a slew of parental rights organizations to that hate map for 2022 and labeled them anti-government extremist groups. The SPLC's Year in Hate and Extremism report claims Schools especially have been on the receiving end of ramped up and coordinated hard right attacks, frequently through the guise of parents' rights groups. The report also says these groups were in part spurred by the right-wing backlash to COVID-19 public safety measures in schools. But they have grown into an anti-student inclusion movement that targets any inclusive curriculum that contains discussions of race, discrimination, and LGBTQ identities. The SPLC report does not once mention the left's aggressive promotion of sexualized material for children in schools and at other venues. It does not mention the drag queen story hour movement or the fact that many of the books which parents demand removed from school libraries include pornographic content. The report also does not mention how many on the left champion the idea that children should be able to identify with a gender opposite their biological sex, hide that identity from their parents, and even obtain life-altering drugs without parental consent. Instead, it acts as though the parental rights movement emerged in a vacuum, or worse, is motivated by hate. The SPLC long has demonized conservative Christian groups, such as Alliance Defending Freedom, as anti-LGBT hate groups, national security groups, such as the Center for Security Policy, as anti-Muslim hate groups, and immigration groups such as the Center for Immigration Studies as anti-immigrant hate groups. The SPLC's 2022 report, released Tuesday, includes a new designation, the Anti-Government Movement. We'll include a link to Tyler's full article in today's show notes. House Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer has filed a resolution to hold FBI Director Christopher Wray in contempt. Why? because he did not comply with a congressional subpoena regarding a document alleging a $5 million bribe from a foreign national to President Joe Biden. As you'll recall from previous shows, our colleague Fred Lucas reported that Comer subpoenaed the FBI for information about the alleged arrangement involving an exchange of money for a policy decision between a foreign national and Biden. At the time, Biden was serving as vice president under then-President Barack Obama. An FBI whistleblower first approached the office of Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley about a formal form that details the information. Grassley is the co-chairman of the Senate Whistleblower Protection Caucus. He forwarded the information to Comer, whose committee in the House majority has subpoena power, The resolution in part says, having exhausted all available options for obtaining compliance, the chairman of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability recommends that the House of Representatives find Director Ray in contempt for his failure to comply with the subpoena issued to him. 
Fred Lucas caught up with Chairman Comer earlier today. Here's a portion of their conversation. Do you think the FBI can ever regain confidence? I think we're going to have to have all new leadership in the FBI, not just the director. I think the next two or three levels down. And I'm basing that on uh, not only my investigation and the investigation Jordan is doing in that select committee, but also in personal conversations I've had with FBI agents around the country. Is, is um, will oversight committee be doing anything on the FBI beyond what the um, weaponization committees? The American people have lost confidence in the FBI, which means fewer whistleblowers are going to come to the FBI, which means fewer juries are going to believe anything that the FBI presents in criminal cases. We've got to totally rebrand the FBI and reform the FBI. Do they deserve a new building? Do they deserve what? A new building. They do not deserve a new building. I am absolutely 100% going to do everything in my ability to fight spending one taxpayer dollar for a new building for the FBI. The Oversight and Accountability Committee will hold a vote on whether to hold the FBI director in contempt. As you might recall, former White House and campaign aide for Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, was also held in contempt of Congress and convicted in October last year. Former Vice President Mike Pence has officially jumped into the race for the White House. Pence, a Republican, filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission on Monday. He tweeted a nearly three-minute video early this morning. Let's take a listen to some of it. The land of opportunity, beacon of democracy, the shining city on the hill, Land of the free, home of the brave. The United States of America. As a son of the heartland, grandson of an Irish immigrant, those aren't just words. My family has lived the American dream. On Tuesday, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie also entered the race. He announced it during a town hall event in Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Tuesday, North Dakota Republican Governor Doug Burgum wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal about why he is also running for president. He said, we need a change in the White House. We need a new leader for a changing economy. That's why I'm announcing my run for president today. So far, just two Democrats have announced they will compete for their party's nomination against President Joe Biden in 2024. Author and social justice activist Marianne Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the nephew of President John F. Kennedy. Pence, Christie, and Burgum are entering an already crowded field of GOP candidates. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Trump have all announced their presidential campaigns. And it is also worth noting that Cornell West announced on Monday that he is running for president for the People's Party. Things got violent at a school board meeting in California last night. Our colleague Tony Kinnett reported that several fights broke out between Antifa and parental rights activists outside the Glendale Unified School District's administration building in Glendale, California, during a school board meeting discussing LGBTQ plus curriculum. Law enforcement arrested three individuals amid the mayhem after the protest exceeded the bounds of peaceful assembly. That's according to the Glendale Police Department. 
Following the Glendale School Board's decision to incorporate LGBTQ plus pride festivals and celebrations into June school days, dozens of parents polled students from classrooms. Some elementary schools saw only 40% of students show up for class on June 2nd. Additional documents reveal that Glendale staff have attempted to incorporate LGBTQ plus materials and ideology into other curriculum. One assistant principal even told staff to teach children that every person is, by definition, queer and socialist. Parents from the traditional conservative Armenian and Hispanic communities in Glendale planned to protest the board's decision at an upcoming school board meeting. Antifa Southern California called for activists to counter-protest against these parents, whom they labeled hate groups. Several parents told Glendale's board that they were concerned with Glendale's transgender policies, such as allowing students of the opposite sex to use the same bathrooms and locker rooms, putting their children at risk. We'll include a link to Tony's full report in today's show notes. Chris Licht is no longer CNN's chairman and chief executive officer. Warner Brothers Discovery Chief David Zaslov said in a statement, I have great respect for Chris personally and professionally. The job of leading CNN was never going to be easy, especially at a time of huge disruption and transformation, and he has poured his heart and soul into it. While we know we have work to do as we look to identify a new leader, we have absolute confidence in the team we have in place, and we will continue to fight for CNN and its world-class journalism. CNN will be led by an interim leadership team. This includes executives Amy Antilis, Virginia Mosley, Eric Sherling, and David Levy, according to NBC News. Licht started as CNN's president in the spring of 2022. Business Insider reports that things intensified over the weekend after The Atlantic published a searing profile of Licht, which painted him as a self-obsessed leader without much of a vision for CNN. Some CNN anchors, including Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper, voiced their concerns over Licht's ability to keep leading the network, the Wall Street Journal reported on Tuesday. Many of you have probably been seeing the photos of New York City and the smog that has engulfed that city. NBC News has reported that New York City officials announced advisories for all five boroughs. Emergency Management Commissioner Zachary Iskell said Wednesday that we expect this to be a multi-day event. So we expect that advisory to remain in place for the next several days. Again, it is notoriously difficult to forecast smoke in these types of events. So what is causing this smog? The source is Canadian wildfires. Our colleague Jarrett Stepman actually lives in New York City, and we ask him, what is it like there on the ground? Are the pictures accurately depicting what it's like? Well, he told us New York City smells like a campfire. That's as of Wednesday. And the smoke was so thick that the sky turned a bright orange color. If anything, the pictures don't do justice to how surreal the city looks. And Jarrett went on to say it was like being on Mars, even indoors. The smoke was choking and irritating. Well, we hope for all of our listeners in New York City and for Jarrett that you guys stay safe 
and that smoke blows away uh, pretty quickly. And with that, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Daily Signal's top news. And if you haven't had the chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we bring you interviews with lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for the Daily Signal interview edition. Rob Louie will be sitting down with Coach Bill Courtney. Also, make sure to take just a moment to subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you listen to podcasts. Go ahead, leave us a five-star rating and review. Thanks again for listening. We all hope you have a great night, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.